Well, hello. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are good in this evening. universe. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, we have a beautiful guest today, which is Courtney. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming in. Appreciate you, you having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Courtney is, just a little background about Courtney. She is uh, an actress, an acting student, a former model, mm-hmm. and also she works currently in the public service in, um, in Canberra. Yeah. So we're going to be like joining um, forces today. We're going to be talking about the pivotal moments of your life and really sharing those moments. So thank you. Um, So a little bit of trigger warning. There will be some um, things in there that involve um, domestic violence um, and sexual abuse. So if you're watching, just keep that in mind. So um, with you, Courtney, you've been... How long have you been? You've, you've always been based in Canberra, right? Uh, yeah. So yep. I was born here and then in my early 20s, I went to Perth for like almost two years. Oh, I lived in Perth too. Yeah. Where else did you live there? I lived in Joondalup. So like the sticks. Well, it's not really the sticks anymore because Perth is so It's spread. upgraded. Oh my God. It's so spread out. Um, But it's like, you know, a 30 minute train ride from yep. the centre, but Perth is very like narrow and long. So yeah, I lived up north, northern Perth. Yeah, it's a bit clicky as well. Like I found it really hard to get a job there. Like I'd been a manager of restaurants and like done managerial supervisor stuff, but I could not even just get a basic waitressing job. Yeah. It was just real like, oh, you're from the East Coast and Really, it's who you know. Yeah, it was really weird, and that's why I got more into like the modeling and did modeling work. And that's where your passions of pursuing modeling started. Um, well, I was doing modeling before I even went over to Perth. So, like, I had done a fair bit here and like worked up, and then I just had to leave. It was real quick turnaround to leaving. It was like a month. It was like we found out we're leaving. He left like two weeks later, and then I had to pack up the place and move over there so um yeah mum was not too pleased (laughs) uh but yeah I like I was a bit fortunate that my stepdad's sister so my auntie she lived in Mandra so that's like oh what is that like an hour away from Perth yeah I think further up bit south it's south it's like it's like an hour I think so it was like I could catch the train from Joondalup straight down to Mandra which was you took one train Yeah, yeah yeah so I could catch it all the way down so I'd go see her not super occasionally but like yeah it was nice having her there at least as like a buffer yep for family stuff and that's when the modeling kind of kicked off kicked I think. off I think so like and then when I came back to Canberra I did more again but I th- I've seen your work I did fashion week in Melbourne before I had gone to Perth right and yeah. then so fashion week was the initial um, th- start uh, of the journey I, n- no like technically the first thing I ever did did I was oh, I want to say 16 yep and my mum hates this <laughs> she gets so shitty about it um I got asked to do hair modeling and if oh, you look at my hair they um just died they it. butcher it they butchered it they butcher it some hair modeling is stunning and I've done hair modeling since and realized why it depends who you get oh yeah but 100%. I've like been the lady, you've got gorgeous hair oh thank you so um, they'd yeah, be like yes mom, thick I can do so much with it oh yeah they just decided to color it everything but red what did they do? Tell me. Oh, they like put all these browns and blondes and then they gave me like this sweet fringe thing and it had black underneath it. So the colour looked – anyway, my mum was like, oh, why would you do that? <laughs> I walked in the door and she will never forgive me for it. And then it also like kicked off a train of me like colouring my hair and particularly because like I had red hair and I was of the generation where Summer Heights I came out. So, you right. know, I remember watching that show and just being like – I'm not going to school tomorrow, mum. And she's like, no one's going to watch this show. No one's going to call you a ranger. I'm like, I'm telling you now, mum, I'm not going to school tomorrow. Kids are cool. Kids are freaking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, and they're coming more savage anyway. But yeah, I remember being like, no. And so I would color my hair and my hair grows super fast. And yeah. like, that's how your dark hair, yes. that's how dark my hair, I used to color it. And, right. and I just to like, fit into it so you oh, don't get the. Oh yeah. I kept coloring it just to not be bullied but then not I, to be different yeah not to stand not out. to stand out not yep. to like cause attention because like as well 
if you look at like situations and like, you know, go to parties and stuff, nine times out of 10, there's a fight. The one person they remember is the redhead chick, right? Even yeah. though I have nothing to do with it, they're like, Spoto, the redhead girl. Yeah. I remember her. Yeah. I'm like, I don't I want to feel be... you with that. I was the yeah. only brown yeah, you, Middle Eastern yes. with a hijab on yes. for oh years. So I, I you feel you. would just like draw the attention. Yep. It's like, I'm not even involved in this situation. And people sometimes still remember me like, yep. oh, you're that chick from that part. I'm like, I have no idea who you are. I could not. No. And they remember you and it's so, you know, you, that you can easily just pick you out. Oh, 100%. Um, and and then, it's just the easiest thing to pick a fight oh, yeah. on as well. Like the amount of times I would go to things and be like, oi, Ranger. And I'm like, oh, oh no. fuck, you're so clever. Um, anyway, so yeah. that, that show ruined my life. Um, but before that it was like Red Nut and all the things that come along with being a redhead. And, yeah, so I got bullied horrendously. But, yeah, I dyed my hair from that and then I kind of didn't really do anything for a little bit. And then when I hit 18, I started, I was like, oh, I actually kind of liked doing modelling. I yep. just um, didn't. Yeah, so I think I turned 18 and I was like, talking to another hairdresser of mine and he was like, please go back to red hair. And I, my hair was like all the way down to my butt oh, at gorgeous. the time. Yeah. And it was black though because I had been dyeing it. So oh. we had to strip it twice. And because Ooh. my hair got stripped twice, it was like bob cut. Right. Which was fine. Whole new identity. A whole new walked in. People didn't even know who I was when I walked into work. They were like, who are you? I'm like, what? Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. And then from there I did more modelling. I would go to Sydney heaps yep. like – a lot and then did fashion shows and like I did a lot of TFP stuff to like build my portfolio and work with like creatives which is what a lot of people do. And I mean I, uh, for people out there listening it's, I think it's one of the greatest ways to build your portfolio oh, then it gets to a, a moment, point, a point yeah, where you It's also knowing the difference experience. between what TFP is to what prom- like doing commercial work unpaid. Yeah, yeah very different. Very different no matter what your skill set is. And if TFP is stands for time for prints. Yes. Which is um, basically you're exchanging each other's time for so the photographer will utilize you as a model mm-hmm. and get photos out of that mm-hmm. for their mm-hmm. um, website. Makeup for their, artists, hairstyles. Exactly for yeah. the whole team and then you build up your portfolio. Yeah. Um, but then it's a, definitely a great way but it does um, I think people do abuse it. Oh, so it's good to sort of if you're a model out there to just learn to like Oh, 100%. Uh, no, I wish people told me those things at oh, first. Yeah. Oh, me. I feel like when I started, there was like there was social media, but there wasn't that kind of sense of community that we no, have now. Like no. we don't have the people that we have now. It's grown, it's changed, it's evolved. I'm so grateful and appreciative of where it is now. Oh, 100%. I'm also very lucky that early on in my career that I got to work with some really good people in the industry that were like straight up do not do this yeah like someone like robert copper i got to work with him quite early in my career shout out to robert we robert, love robert we love robert um he was just like he's he's so good and he's so talented he's but great. he won't bullshit with you either no. like he will be like no nah, dude like that's not okay like you shouldn't do that yep. and they they should be charging you and he was just great and then from him i met other people and like you know, I got pretty lucky and it's not always the case for everyone that they get to work with, you know, those kind of people straight up. But yeah, like I... So that was what set the tone for... I think so, yeah, like working with him. But there was a couple of other people that I got to work with early on as well. And then, you know, even working with those people, I still worked with people that I thought were not dodgy that ended up being dodgy and like, you know what oh, I mean, yes. like taking me for a ride... There's, I've got so many stories oh about them. Oh my lord, we could sit here all day. I can sit. I have a list. Oh, I do too. Actually, I, I shout out to Lila Gal by the way. She. I love did, Lila. Lila's doing brows. She did my brows and eyelashes oh, yesterday. Just, She's like studying it through Alchemy Beauty. Oh, so, yep. Oh, I, I did not know that she transitioned from makeup. Yeah, to, she's doing that, and obviously it's Lila. She's a perfectionist. She's a perf- exactly hundred yes. percent. She's a perfectionist. So I was like, I will hundred percent be a test model just to do it. She's great. Oh, I, I almost cried. I was like, they look so pretty. <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just the, it's just insane the way it is. And just what people accept as the normal is 1000% not normal. Absolutely. Just like body standards. Oh, yeah. Editing stuff and thinking that's real, like. I mean, I started modelling in size six. Same. I and was a size six. Now I'm just, I just eat. I'm happy with how I am. Yeah. I'm healthy. I, I, for years though, I was struggling. And when people would go in to look at my modelling photos when I was a lot slimmer, mm. slimmer or thicker, it doesn't matter. Each body, it's 
different. But it's about your health. Oh, 100%. And people would always compliment me like, oh my God, Macy looks so amazing. But they did not oh, know. I was oh through. I was going through an abusive relationship. Yes, I lost same. all the weight. I wasn't eating properly. I was comparing myself. I wanted to make sure I was as thin as possible. Yeah. Well, and like you looked out. I'm not tall, tall, but I'm not short. And I'm, so what, like 173. So it was like 5'8". Like um, I was like 46 kilos at this way yeah wow modeling wow. over over in perth in particular yeah. like i was a size six well, you're, the mass and the height you've got there that's oh, tiny 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 yeah. um and then like, and look there's nothing wrong with being oh, like tiny or thick. it's more about like what, what is media called, projects and oh, yeah, what it favors and what it tells people to be even though everyone has different body shapes mm -hmm. and genetics is a big factor to it and then also age your body yes. changes as like, a woman you're always in fluctuating oh my goodness always up. being a woman uh, after oh. have you have, after you have children i don't have children but i've seen people that have yeah, had just children just going through hormone like going looking at myself from like my teens to my early 20s mid 20s to my 30s like at the moment i'm not going to lie i'm not happy with the way that i look but that's also a lot to do with medication yeah. like i've got multiple illnesses and every single medication for female issues the main side effect is weight gain i've heard that a lot yes it is weight gain yeah. and like being Even with contraceptives anything so i had a double contraception so i had an iud and i was on the pill and then I was taking something on Double top of Double whammy, yeah? Yeah. And then I was taking on something on top of that, which helps with like depression, but also helps with like the path, like pain management. Right. So it's like a medicate and the main side effects, all of those weight gain, weight gain, weight gain. And so like, I would, I'd be happy in the sixties, yep. but I'm not in the sixties and I'm yep. not happy. So like, it's, all, it's been hard. And like, I feel that the way. Do you feel society has impacts that or oh, is that yourself? It's a bit of both. Yep. Like I think it's also really hard coming from like what we've done work-wise and then you look back and I'm just like, fuck, yep. <laughs> that's shit. Like yep. and you that look is at so that painful. And you're just like, why would anyone, you know, think that is okay? I'm sorry. that was No, wrong. you're fine. I didn't even notice it. I was like, is it orange? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I, they don't realise how the impact it has, especially. No, they and, really don't. And they even when you're in it, you don't realise the impact it has on you until you take a moment to realise, oh, okay, my whole neural pathways and my whole brain chemistry mm, has just mm, completely changed of how I perceive myself. A hundred percent. And then, like, the words that you hear, especially in that industry, like, oh, my mum cut sick at this um so i went to a casting <laughs> my mum's like what's mom. what's mama's name what do we call her susie mama? susie susie shout out to susie sorry about with, with bringing up no all the... she she's, she's gonna love it the best human i've ever like honestly <sighs> the best human you will ever meet i bless her i love her more than anything we need to meet her you would love my mum my mum adopts everyone my mum adopts people and therefore i don't she... have a mum, so adopt me oh she will Dude, we have family Christmas, I mean, I'm, right? I'm technically adopted, so. <laughs> That's fine. Well, we can take you in as an take extra. So we like literally have this thing, like we have Christmas every year, every second year, sorry. So it's a Martin Christmas this year and we have it at my uncle's vineyard and we like have, we call them like strays and we bring okay. in random people that don't have anywhere to go, yep. that don't have family and it's just like friends or people from work or like stuff like that. We've just had random people show up like most years and it's like, you are now our family. Now you come and you eat our food and you come and enjoy the water fight that we have to have and then drink the wine that we drink. And, and you know what? They really appreciate that. It's a really, it's very nice to bring people in together. It's just the way my family was raised though. That's like gorgeous. My nana did family daycare for, God, I'm probably off on the years, but like I reckon it's about 20 years. And I was pretty much raised by her because my dad wasn't on the scene. So like yep. we spent all the time there and... Yeah, man, it was just people coming in and out. Everyone's coming in and out and like random families and like my nana lived, they had they moved around a little bit. I think Sydney and Armadale and she had like a friend from Armadale that she was still friends with until she died kind of thing. So, you know, we just did, we just take people in and that's just the way I've been raised to yeah. by like my mum's family. So yeah. And you mentioned that your biological dad wasn't involved in your early um uh, childhood. So oh, he was Hmm. it's it's complicated so yeah so my mom and dad split when I was probably like three they weren't married or anything um and then they, they had me and my my family's very big how many uh so technically when you look at yeah. it it sounds really insane but I'm one of ten no that's fine yeah I mean I've come from a family like my mom like there's seven of them yeah my mom's one of seven yeah and my dad I think is 
what is it? One of I should know the shop. He's one of. So four. I grew up with all like adults. Seven. Yeah. Like, I feel like from the Middle East, if you said that, it's very it's very normal. Very normal. It's the culture but of that. It's to when have you look at people children. over here, though, they're like weird. Um, but yeah, so for it's, Australia, it's, yeah, that would it's be. It's a blended family. It's yeah. blended, but like you know, I have half siblings, and I never refer to them as my half siblings. I have step siblings. siblings, and I don't refer to them as my step siblings. We're all just family. We're just family. Um, Love that. And so yeah, so like they split. Um, and that was not good because my dad. No, it's fine. Um, look, my sibling in particular, one of my sisters, is probably going to watch this and be like, "Go off, Queen." Um, but <laughs> please, <laughs> he, do it for the he, family. He's, he's just a piece of shit. And um, it's okay to say that about your oh, parents 100%. if they've done things. Like it is okay. Oh, 100%. Express yourself. And anyone tells you otherwise, oh, they yeah. haven't lived your experience. No, so they haven't. So like he <laughs> exactly he. Um, anyway, so they yep. separated. Good, glad that my parents weren't together. Um. And so then there was like court battles and stuff. And so my mum had primary custody. Um, he got married not long after they split. And then he had five kids with my stepmom. And now they're separated and she moved back to Canberra, which is great. Yep. And um, has had five kids with her. Right. And then they separated when I was probably like 18 or 19. And then she had to leave quite suddenly like had to leave a really bad situation with the kids like pack up and leave yep. in like hours and then fly down and she they've all moved here and they all live here now and you're still in contact with them yeah I am I'm with some of them yeah I um definitely talk to one of my sisters more often than others like I've got one sister who's eight, 19 now so she's 19 living a 19 life um she's she's really cool though um and then i've got like that's the pop-off queen no that no that's not the pop-off queen the other one (laughs) the other one i think i think my sister i'm not going to say names just because i don't i don't know how comfortable they'll be but they know who they are um and then like i have a younger brother who is uh 15 he's turning 16 this year um so Wait, is he? Yeah, he's turning 16 because I'm 15 years older than him. Oh, numbers. Oh, man. It (laughs) freaking gets to my head. I really, I really, I think I really piss my siblings off sometimes because I really struggle with some of their birthdays because it's like. Oh, you didn't tell me. You're the eldest? I'm the eldest of my dad's seven. Right. And then my mum had a kid, uh, another sister and she's a half technically a half sibling but I've never I didn't even know she was my half sibling until my dad decided to use that as leverage to be a dick Mm. um but then yeah so then she um yeah she's like married got kids and then I've got two like my mum and my stepdad they're not even together anymore but like I still have two sisters with him and like we haven't really talked too much and how do do you do you find that having a big family like that how or has it also I don't people ask me they're like what's it like I'm like I don't know any different (laughs) Um, I don't know what it's like to not have to share a room with the sibling majority of my life and like I think I had my room by myself for maybe a year and then the eldest stepsister had to move back in due to circumstances so like she was in her 20s and I'm like 18 sharing a room with her like you know it was just what you had to do um, I don't really know any different. Um, I feel like it's sh- uh, has it shaped um, how you look at trust and tr- uh, love oh, in a hundred percent um, specific way. Now that yeah, you've had that all those experiences, yeah, like I think oh, it's just a different kind of love. I feel like especially when you have so many different like such a spectrum of like ages as yep. well your relationships are so different of with course. It. Yeah. so like my the sibling that's closest to me in age is 18 months young not even 18 months younger than me like i think it's 16 months younger we okay. we we close in You're age pretty much twins. we're pretty much twins we were yes. like we went all through school together pretty much and yeah so um he and i are very close in age very different people but also share pretty much everything Mm -hmm. um it's always been us two in when I like in certain things like it feels like me and him sometimes so the dynamics you're all quite close or uh me well look I'm close with some of my siblings there are siblings that I don't talk to there's so many uh yeah it's personal choice uh (laughs) (laughs) um look we're just uh we're just different people I think is the um, easiest way to put it, and I feel you don't pick your family. No, you don't, and you don't have to stick with your family Not either. Um, and that doesn't mean that if anything happened to them, I would one hundred percent be there, and they know that. Um, but yeah, like 
we grew up in different a lot of us grew up in different three different households when you look at it so we yeah. all come from very different mums and very different backgrounds um and just sometimes like the way my mum's family is is if like man if I was to call someone say my nana when she was alive I call my nana right and be like hey nana this happened my god would that go through to every single human in the family within like an hour like she is like put, like just this straight away everyone knows like camper. yeah and if something bad happens something good happens everyone knows and that's like just the way i was raised yeah. but like that's not the way that my heart like my other siblings were raised right. and so like when things for me and my and it's like something's taking me a really long time to understand when things happen to them they're not always going to want to going to not not going to want to tell me, but they're not going to be like, oh, I've got to call Courtney and tell her what's happened. Yep. And I think that's been hard for me sometimes because I'm needy. And um, yeah, like we've grown differently. Like, but you know, my like sister that, that I do speak to, like, she's freaking awesome, man. Like, yep. she's so intelligent and she's got a kid. Like, she's killing it. She's in her last year of uni. Like she's a single mom. She's Good on her. she's amazing, dude. Like she's badass, and she's gonna really do amazing things. And like you said about not, you know, you don't, we're like we don't pick your family. So. Oh no, and that and I've learned a lot from that. But I've also like I don't have a family. And yeah, my family are like my friends. Like yeah, my friends are all my family. Hundred percent. I was fostered. Yeah. I left home at sixteen. Got foster home. Went lived in a kids refuge. My, I don't pick – I mean, I can – I'm kind of lucky now in a way, in a sense of – You get to choose who your people are. I get to choose who are. Yeah, exactly. And your energy goes into – Who I invest my time and energy into that yeah. person who um, – and that goes out to anybody. And I think people 100%. need to uh, – you know, when they say um, – Blood thicker than, I don't know, the same. Blood is thicker than water. I feel like it's a bullshit saying. (laughs) It just makes no sense. It doesn't because it's also reinforcing that no matter what happens to you who or who does it to you. Just take it. Just take it. And I feel like that's that's crap. Oh, 100%. And that's not something I even learned until, pretty much until my brother died. Like I um, go on and off and this is the longest period I haven't spoken to my biological dad for. I think it's been shit maybe three years almost oh we had a massive blow up on my brother's birthday um the one that passed away and yeah i haven't spoken to three years i think it's three years maybe two and a bit maybe three i was yep yeah i'm trying to think if it was three years this year or it was two years this year anyway it's been a while um but How do you yeah feel about that fine i've made peace with it thank you i feel actually good um yeah. look my other siblings talk to him and that's totally fine and he does send me messages occasionally but I think I've just been burnt too many times by him. And he's a rinse Your boundaries. and boundaries. And, like, I see a psychologist, which is, um, like, been real important to me to making boundaries with people. And, um, like, you know, my dad just has, like, this rinse and repeat kind of um, – he'll act really nice. And the thing is everyone meets him and they're like, this dude's so lovely. Yeah, of course he's charming because that's the way he wants you to think. But then he gets into this, like – and it could be and that's like, how they get people. That's how they get people every time. Um, and just, people I, assume it's going to be someone who's going to be like angry and they, no. they're going to show that. They've put on a mask. Oh, 100% to, to other people. people. But he's in. not like that to us. Yeah. Like he'll put on a mask and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I want us to be a family. I don't want us to fight anymore. And then it'll be like the tiniest thing and then it'll blow up and then it'll be everyone else's problem but his own. And then he'll go off and like be a prick about it like you know I can remember when I was working with my I used to work with my mum at what was called Olam's Hotel it's now called the Mercure but I worked there for like five years right and I worked with my mum and I can remember my dad went like missing right and he tried to kill himself and then he was threatening to kill himself messaging me threatening to kill himself and blaming me for everything um unbelievable yeah and then he went and slid his wrist in a hospital car park like and to put that on your child. Yeah. And like I was 17, but I remember him telling me as well when I was 12, like after my mum and him split that he tried to kill himself and that it was all my mum's fault and then all these things and just always using that as like a threat as yes. well. And I just, just – Like always poor me, victimising Poor me, victim me. Look, I will give it to him and my aunties and my gran as well. Like I've spoken to dad. His dad was literally demon spawn. Like he was the worst human you could possibly think of. Like, and that's the thing. Like I remember speaking to a psychologist about it and even my stepmom, she told me this thing and it's always stuck with me that, you know, men sometimes always think they're a better father if they're just better than their own father. Absolutely. So like if their father was punching them black and blue, he wasn't punching me black and blue, oh, but I he was that, that bad. mad, but I would smack the shit out. Like I would yeah. smack you. Like, 
that's doesn't make it okay. No, but they think trauma is oh, a thing. it's true, it's true, real, hundred percent, and they, it gets passed on. And then, like you said, where does it stop? They have that self uh, righteousness of like, well, actually, actually I, I had didn't a, do that bad. Yeah, so and like his up. dad would flush his head down the toilet, kind of thing and right. stuff. Like he was that's a horrible thing to do to your child. And oh, hundred percent. He treated my dad like shit. And look, I'm. You know what? I don't. Say I'm glad people, but I'm glad he's. But I hope he can go get help. Or the people when you're, I, I know that saying, hurt people hurt others. I don't really particularly enjoy that saying. No, I, I don't. I think yes, that is true to a degree. Sure, people react out of impulses and out yeah. of their unhealed self. But at the same time, if you do have that, those pain, don't inflict it on others. Hundred percent. Go get and, help. And it's also like you're using it as an excuse and just because you're hurt doesn't mean you get to hurt others like absolutely I know I've probably hurt people by being in pain and that's something that I'm trying to fix because I don't want to be like my dad and I don't think I've ever been like my dad and we're not all angels we've all done our bits but it's about taking accountability reflection and realizing okay and I shouldn't have to beg my I shouldn't have to be the parent in the relationship and I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to ask my dad to go and get therapy I shouldn't have to ask it and you know like when my brother died, I thought, you know what? My brother died. This is going to change him. Your yep. child died. And that is one of the most traumatizing, horrific things you can ever go through. Sorry regardless. About your loss. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, like it was just, you know, like it was a really confronting thing because he wasn't unwell. He just went to bed and didn't wake up. And that's full on when he's 16. Yeah. And so, like, for us, we, like, I remember just being like, please just be better be better and it was actually a really healing kind of time around then there was he was still doing little dad comments and I was like oh you know he is grieving like he's not being an outright you have that hope for him you're trying to you're just just trying to find that little light it's grieving it's not grieving the relationship we had it's grieving the relationship we could have had especially because like my mum has five brothers right right and they are literally they are so different but they are so loving, right? And I have never, I guess, felt like sometimes I get sad. I'm like, I feel like I never had a dad. But then when I look at my five uncles, they were so present in my life and they're still continuing to be very present in I'm my so life. I'm so happy for you. I'm glad They you are have literally that. the most non toxic green flag waving men you'll meet. Look, it's what they're we not, want. No, one's, no one's perfect and there's things that they could probably do better. Everyone can do there's better. There's always improvements. But my God, they are the best men and they're, we're like, I love you, family. We're like, we'll hug you, say, I love you. That's like, they all do it. And like, the boys, the sons with their dads, they like, you know, one of my cousins, I can remember seeing it and he's like, he was like 20 at the time and he's like standing and like hugging his dad and just like leaning off him. And I'm like looking around going, fuck, I have a good family. Like I'm pretty lucky on that. I'm set. so happy for you. Especially to make up for the fact that there was so much lacking on other things. And look, we've got lots of things. We I think you deserve it. it. I think, yeah. I feel like it's, it's a calling for you as well for all that you've gone through. And mm, um, they've definitely. That's a good balance there. You've, you know, you've missed out on a, a dad. Mm, um, so they've I've, come in to really. Yeah. And they would take, take us place. to do things as we were kids. We'd have sleepovers. Like they'd take us to do stuff and buy us things. Cause it was really hard. My mum was a single parent, like working multiple jobs to like get food on the table and sometimes she wouldn't eat like to keep us fed and like there were times where our house got flooded oh, fuck I remember that our house got flooded with sewage and it was awful and we were homeless we lost everything so we were like living in and out of like caravan parks for a bit like staying with um staying on and off with my nana and you know it was really hard but I bet it's with, so she had the Susie had the children for sev- all seven. No, time. no, 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 no. She had three. So okay. no, my my stepdad had my sorry. My dad had five with my stepmom, and that's right. The, so that's they the, weren't there. The, yeah. No, so no, no. Separate. Yeah, yeah. No, though. So so my mom had three. So she had me, my older sister, and then my brother, who's really close in my age. So yep. me and my brother are the only one. He's the only full full blooded sibling, if you want to look at like that. Yep. But then my other sibling, she um had a different dad but she's three years older than me but that we share the same single mom three children three single mom yeah single mom three children multiple jobs always like she only just in the past god how long has she been working that job for um four years maybe found the job of her dreams that she loves she makes really good money now she loves her job loves it she lives her best life um yeah and she is just the best she's a bus driver and she just froths it like she was in the newspaper as the during COVID time she had the rabbit the bunny on the front window oh. like to keep because kids like when they see bus they're like bus 
and they're like, hi. And my mum's like, oh, I love that. Yeah, and she, she would literally go and buy like umbrellas, go to the hot dollar shop when it's ra- like she knows it's going to rain really bad and get like a bag full of like cheap $1 umbrellas and hand them out to people that didn't have umbrellas. I know. She's like the nicest human. She's just very giving. I love the fact that she does those little small things but it really means it's it means a lot to people. Oh, and she, it does. You know, she's out there just trying to make people just doing little small things to oh, make people happy. But she just is in a bigger a, picture. Oh yeah, and like she doesn't do it for any because she cares. Yeah, she doesn't do it for clout or anything. She doesn't even normally tell us. And I'm like, what are all these umbrellas? She's like, oh, I got them from the people on the bus because I just don't want them to get wet. I'm like, oh, mum, I so love cute. her. Can I please find out which route she's on so then I can? Oh yeah, dude. Oh, like she's we have a we have a. I haven't caught buses in a long time. I think it was really funny. There's a model in Canberra named Victoria, and she was, I think she was on a. She was on a bus and she'd never met my mum, right? Never met her, but she heard her and was like, came up to her after and she goes, are you Courtney's mum? So she knew from her voice? Yeah. <laughs> and I, we kind of look similar and like, yeah, I'll show you a photo after of her. On the, yep. My God, she's the cutest. I wonder if I, how long has she been doing it for the past four years now? Four-ish. I think it's four. Look, she's probably going to be like, that's wrong, Courtney. But I think it's about four years. About four. And my my auntie, her sister, is a bus driver as well. So oh, it's really cute. That's adorable. <laughs> do they wave at each other when they go by? Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they all wave at each other. Yeah, they always <laughs> do the little wavy wave. They always do wave at each other. And it's really funny when I'm driving in the car with mum. She sometimes waves to bus drivers when she's driving her normal car. I'm like, mum, you're in your normal car. <laughs> but it's really cute. Like she loves her job. So Aww. good on her. I'll have I'm just to catch a bus just for her. I don't catch buses because now I'm on the promo for all the buses. Oh, yeah. So everyone, so I try Actually, to. Actually, I think my mum has driven a bus with your face on it before. And I'm like. Everywhere. That's nice. Yeah, I'm a fringe, <laughs> so people don't notice me as much. But now, and I used to wear that jacket. So I avoid buses. transportation, I public transportation as much as possible. But if it needs be, I'll get onto it. Um, yeah, yeah, do it for an experience. She sometimes like listens to music and like she, cause they have the radio on the buses and she's like singing and stuff. And then people start like she's laughing at her. And then she also does this thing where she's like, she loves wombats and like wildlife. Like she loves wildlife, right? She'll call me sometimes. animal lover? Yeah. She'll call me sometimes and be like, Courtney, I need you to call Wires cause there was a wombat that was kind of a bit too close to the road. And I want to make sure that it's. Anyway. We need more people like Susie. Oh, hundred percent. The world needs more Susie. Yes. They more, do. But this specific Susie. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> she's great. And, um, Sometimes she'd be like, oh, look, an echidna. And then people on the bus would be like, where? <laughs> She's like a tourist <laughs> guide and a bus driver. Oh, 100%. And emotional support. Oh, yeah. She's a good And she gives you a laugh. Entertainment. Oh, she she's a pay rise. She, she needs a lot of – she just needs to be able to do whatever she wants to do and enjoy. She's like, she's a nana. Like, she loves being a nana. And, yeah, she's the best. She's very much reminds me of my nana. So, oh, was, yeah, she's so much like nana. You know what? You – We've been talking about very heavy things about yeah. your dad. And yeah. I think you have been very blessed with the other side. Yes. And I see that how much you appreciate that. I do. And how it's actually shaped you. Oh, 100%. Um, you've gone through some very traumatic and heavy things. Yes. Um, and look at you. You're still thriving. You're still, you can still oh, see the love. I feel like I'm surviving. <laughs> I think we all are. Uh, yeah. We're I, all just prancing on a satin thread. Oh, you know? 100%. Just one minute from sane to insane. To oh, and like. Sometimes it's just like, oh, I know it sounds really lame, but sometimes you just have to like almost trick yourself yes. when things are really low. Because yeah. like, um, like I've spoken out with you and I, I'm not sure when you wanted to bring up, but like the suicide stuff, like. Oh, whenever you wanted to bring that up. Yeah, go for it. Um, cool. So I, just for people who know, I have complex PTSD from the trauma yep. um, and I have major depressive disorder. So yes. I have. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. That takes a lot for someone to come. Yeah, I'm a platform to share that. Advocate for breaking the stigma because, like, and this is what you know, MindMaze is all about. It's just you know to go in and deep dive into these conversations. So please um, feel free to give us your insights on that. So I've lost family and friends to suicide. Yes, um, and it's hard, but I've also been on the other side, and I have tried to kill myself three times now. Yeah, and so I've been mentally glad we have you here. Thank you. yeah, it yeah, it's hard. And it's hard to it get away from that mindset. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that I'm suicidal or anything yeah. right now. But there are definitely times where I'm like, fuck, I don't want to wake up anymore. Like I just can't I can't be yeah. I can't do it. 
it's just so and you never know when it comes oh no and, and you'll like, have like I can a be high totally high fine. and a great tweak but then it could just all and that's the thing with that trauma like look you can definitely i'm not saying we can never get over mm. the traumatic event mm. you can never be able to manage that it, it, that's not a thing of course i believe in through therapy and having self actualization awareness you can do that but it does take a whole um, yeah yeah it's a process oh it's huge and then like but it can be done oh 100 and identifying the fact that a lot of people don't realize they've been through trauma so i was i was raped and i didn't know it was rape yeah until much later until i had a sit down with i think i was i was talking to simone um about it a while ago um and i just remember kind of like explaining to her what happened and she was like courtney that's rape <laughs> like that's not consensual yeah and then kind of looking back and be like fuck i didn't realize how many times it had happened yep. and with how many different people it had happened and you know feeling like not feeling kind of like shitty at myself because like i felt that i was like, I feel like anyone who knows me knows I'm a pretty feminist kind of gal. And that's yes. not a bad thing. I'm a very for... High five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this table's way too big. <laughs> but I think with feminism, just to... Um, it's not a dirty word. No. no. And, and it's a lot of people just... just What I... I want to include everyone with feminism. And feminism is about equality for both sexes. Oh, it's not just, just to go, I hate men. This no, is not the case. I don't hate I men. I love men and I love women. It's just about equality for both yeah. and it's equity yeah, equity over yeah. equality yeah and seeing what everyone needs and it's not and it's fighting for what's right and what yeah. and it started off great and now it has changed a bit but um it's just like we're here for it and the people like to hold on to the very loud but very small community of supposed feminists i'm like but they're not actually being feminist and you like to brand us all with the same brush and you go on about you're not all men thing you don't like being branded with the same brush as the abusers well we don't like being branded as like these men hating people we're not men hating people we no. just like that's like very counterproductive to the work oh, that 100%. we're trying to do i would like to just be able to walk somewhere and not have to be like sharing my location with people i would like to be able to go out at night with friends and not have to give five people my contact number or tell everyone where i am or be like okay well i can't be with less than two people like oh, but I you should just have a man walking with you I and a man will protect you oh, no talk to the men talk that to the men are doing, doing those things. things exactly and that's where it all comes back to the the rape stuff as well i didn't know that rape could be having sex with someone that you've had sex before and saying to them no i don't want to and them doing it anyway like that wasn't explained as rape to me rape was oh you're gonna get pulled down an alleyway yep. and you're gonna be a stranger or you're gonna be taken like in random you know very extreme they're gonna have your drink spiked like yes i've had my drink cases you know yeah. what i mean that's but not what but it is it comes in different levels in different ways oh, and people 100%. are very sneaky about it as well yeah there's people who will come out and blatantly you know there's the extreme cases and it's mm. horrible mm. and there's the cases where people will step over your boundary or take advantage of you when they notice that you're in a vulnerable 100%, situation 100 so they're like oh okay oh you're in a relationship like you're in a relationship with them and then you're like this saying no this is really painful especially i'm touching base on that relationship yeah. that's a big one especially because you you grow that bond you have that relationship with them yeah. you have that safety net with them you've mm -hmm. grown that so then over time you're just like okay mm. i love them i care for them so when they touch me this way or that way but yeah it hasn't been taught actually even your partner let's say you have a bad day or just not even a bad day just a day where you just don't want to be touched yeah and you said no but your partner keeps, you know, Doing insinuating, anyway. oh, come on, like, oh, like, uh, babe, you look so good today, though. And like, you know what no. that travels back to as well is that I've realised now being an auntie and seeing it with kids like my sisters-in-law and my they're all really good with this kind of stuff. But, like, you know when you say to kids, oh, just give them a hug or just give, just, Ask. oh, they want a hug. Ask. If my niece or nephew is like, I don't want a hug, I'm like, that's okay. And, like, that's a thing that you have to, like, start drilling into them early and that's fucked like that you should have to even have those conversations because you have but like it's also you need to prepare them and learn what and that's how they learn that's how they learn and they need to learn through patterns and oh 100 and they you need to respect up. boundaries exactly. and like and if a kid says no they said no and don't move force, along move along and like who wants to have an argument with a freaking two-year-old or three-year-old to have a hug? Like if they don't want to hug you, you don't want to hug oh, you. Oh, I've seen a lot of, you know, like growing up as a Middle Eastern, like aunties would just come in and grab you kiss, and kiss you, you and, and stuff. And I'm like, why are you kissing? Please don't what? grab me like that. But yeah, and it's just so full on. And then from the out, like before all the abusive relationship and stuff and the rape and whatever, 
I didn't quite see it all the same, but yep. now being out doing more educating and learning and like, you know, I'm working through victims of crime, which are fantastic as well for anyone listening who has been a victim of a crime, especially people with sexual assault. They have like a victims of crime commissioner in each state and by mandatory they have to give you 10 psych sessions. They yes. can give you 10 psych sessions. Yep. Um, They're really great with it and they um, 100%. straight away, they, even if you're in a DV uh, domestic. They will help you. They'll help. They'll even if you're the police is involved, they'll help. straight away the police will get them to call you and they're very on. They're very quick to they're respond. They're so good. Yep. They were life-changing for me because I wouldn't have been able to go see the psych that I've seen and done all I've done. And they can help with monetary things that you need help with. Like, it can be scary though because for me, myself, I, I was involved in a, in a DV and yep. I couldn't really take myself to do that because I grew up with don't hang your dirty washing at yes, people. Yes. So I had to take that I had to really calibrate my brain, my neural pathways and be like, mm, no, that's not it. Mm. Um, sometimes you just need to say it. And because I didn't know how, it took me some time. So, you know, I was, it, it took some time to know even how to say it. Yes. Sometimes it even came out in the wrong way yep. because, you know, you, you, I'm not used to that. Mm. So I think a lot of people do get scared, but I think it's really important to just have, if you don't have a support system, please reach out. And even if you do, I think it's really important to get, get that. And get you very quick. Even like, like I'm with Combank and Combank yep. have a DV thing. If you call them, like there's an, a number on their website that like you can contact. That's and, really handy. And they, if I think a lot of banks are offering this nowadays yep. and they will help you financially get you out and get you out of the situation that That's you're in. That's really handy. Yeah. A lot of banks do it now. Yep. Insurance providers can sometimes, some of them not show 100%, but victims of crime also. Victims just, of crime, yeah. They are fantastic. So I really encourage people to reach out to them. And it's not, doesn't and have to be just. lifeline as well. Yeah, lifeline's great. You don't even have to be a victim of sexual assault or something. You can be like, and it's also there for people who are like sub, like if you had a family, like, the th one of the things, if you're a victim of like, as in like your p like family member or friend or something was murdered yep. and you were there or present, they will help you with things like this. They will help you with psychology. They will help you with everything. Like it's a really good program. So um, I always tell people to do that. That is very handy. Thank you for point those, pointing Shout those out. Shout out to out. of crime. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the crew. The we crew. appreciate you. Keeping me sane. Oh, <laughs> I've been, I've, I understand the DVD. Yeah, I've and I didn't even know they existed. No one, no one knows that, that stuff. And yeah, like we. And I, like silly, silly little me at the home, I was quite young when it was all happening and I was. Not silly. Um, at the time, I was just inexperienced. But that's so I didn't know what to do. So I, you know, I learned no through one, that. No one, and that's the thing. Thank like you. I felt like no one knows really until they've been through it. Yeah. To be honest, and now being out of it, and I felt that I was pretty educated on domestic violence, given my dad and stuff. Um, but like I missed all the red flags yep. with the guy that I was dating. Missed yep. every single one of them. Oh, you'll never know. And oh uh, no, and you know I didn't even realize it was domestic violence, even though he would hit me until like a while after I was sitting yep. there like having a chat with my mum, and she went, "What the fuck? Yeah, like what? What happened?" And it was just like she was just mind blown, and like it wasn't like she was mad at me or anything. She was just like. You know, she kind of felt on some level that I'm she so glad you had that support there. Oh, yeah. I tell and to just give everything. you some, you know, <laughs> I tell put mom. some sense in there. Oh, uh, it's, um, yeah. And it was just like, like what? No. She, and, but she felt so guilty. She felt that she kind of had failed a bit as a mum. She's no. like, I thought I educated. Like, you, can, you don't have control over what your kids are going to no. experience and what they're going to go through. You can no. you have the most best upbringing them. and no. you can be psychologically completely yeah. ruined. And, you know, it's you can go that way. Yeah. It's a nature nurture thing kind of as well. Exactly. Like, doesn't always. And like he could have had, he didn't have the most amazing, but like he could have had the most amazing parents in history yeah. and still turned out to be an asshole. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it's like. And some people don't have that support system. I'm glad no, you reached no. out to your mum. That's what oh, I was saying yeah. about silly so me. I reached out to the, uh, my friends. Uh, and yeah. sometimes when you're in a people relationship are, for so long, your yep. friends become their friends. Oh, yep. Yep. So yep. then I, me reaching out thinking, okay, oh, I'm also friends with these people. Mm. I literally was helpless and I was like, okay, I'll just go. I don't know what to do. You know, people, they'd naturally invite me to events and whatnot. So I would avoid going oh, there. Oh, I still do that to this day. Till, I mean, I've, I've stopped um, doing that. I've, I've vowed to myself I am not going oh, to stop myself experiencing my human experience for someone that does not deserve my love and my trust and my I respect. Love that. That is so they can, adios, goodbye. Yeah. But years ago, that's what I did. And that's what I meant by silly me is that I thought that I could trust in those people. Mm. But again, that's what you do. That's what your friends are, mm. what you thought are. And mm. I would reach out to them thinking, 
oh, I don't know what to do. This is what's been happening. And I never um, put my dirty washing out. So I always kept it in. Yep. And then when I finally did say it, I got shut down mm. and just like, oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Obviously not with everybody, mm. um, but there was a, a, a consensus of people that were quite um, – I guess they don't know what they what to do with it as well. No. And at and the same time, a lot of them are abuser apologists – and you find that out after you get abused yes. and realize how many people will just go, no, I didn't see that. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't there. Yeah. So that didn't happen. Actually, surprisingly, men took it well. Women did not. Yeah. I was actually shocked by this. And it's, it, it, it's a big, I've seen, I've seen that dynamic Other women shift. have been fine with other men that I've spoken about, but this guy in particular, because of who he is. Yep. And how he acts. He's um, quite charismatic as well. He's quite charismatic. Yeah. And that's um, again how they get you. He wasn't oh, – it sounds really bad because he raped me. He wasn't – it sounds so weird. He wasn't physically abusive to people. He actually is – he was a quiet – and that's why it hurt so much because he was a good friend of mine and someone that I had entrusted to tell when I did try to kill him. And he came and visited right. me in hospital when I tried to kill myself for the first time. And then he, like, came over to my house and raped me after, like, because we had had sex before and that's fine. But I even said, I was like, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to. And took advantage of And did it anyway. Vulnerable. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so then there were girls. And by the way, there's no blueprint about who what a rapist looks like and what they, they could no. be the nicest person. Oh, 100%. For, uh, for the, you know, 10 people, right? Mm. You bring 10 people and five. Some will say they're incredible and there is those... Five people that are telling you they have they've been assaulted by that person. Yeah, you should take if there is a, a consistent pan. I do believe some people lie, mm. and that is so disheartening for the people victims of crime that actually or victims of assault that have to deal with that. Yeah. And I'm sorry for anyone who has been, um, you know, uh, told that you are a rapist and they're not. Or it's so rare though. Like, but it, at the same time. I'd rather believe the person. Believe the person, and obviously there is patterns. Mm. There's patterns. Mm. So one of the things that we should look at is if someone's presenting to you, this is what I am. Mm. Even if you're falsely accused or whatnot, um, I do understand that there's that you know a, a small percentage of that, but there's a huge like percent of that mm. a lot more so when you look at the majority yeah, and the if minority you look, if you look at 100 cases of rape it's two of false confessions yes. and two are false and then it's like but you're gonna think like so that's why i i wanted to touch base because a lot of people will bring into the you know false accusation uh, false accusations yeah i do understand that but there is a part where if you see someone just because they're nice just Doesn't because they're mean... lovely they can mm. be so respected in the community and they can do horrible things mm. i've witnessed this with myself and i've seen so many oh, people yeah, 100%. that continue to put on that mask and yep. people go on and believe them um i do also believe that people do change yeah people can go in and get therapy and get themselves help. Mm. I don't believe everybody can is always going to be that way. Mm. It's also to I'm not a psychologist, but there's mm. also psychological factors to why people do things and genetically and environment and humans are very complex but yep. very simple human beings. We'd be very simple and very complex at the same time. Yep. So I think people need to realize that there is no blueprint no. and it is okay to investigate a bit further. Cause if someone told me there's that person did that to me, I'd rather investigate than turn my eye to that because why would they, why would I want to have it as a chance of that person being a rapist or being an abuser? You. Why would you want that? Yeah. Why would I want to have that? So I would want to hold them accountable and take myself yeah. away. Yeah. 100%, um, just remove yourself from the situation. Like, absolutely. I'm finding that now as I've gotten older and being so open about domestic violence, the amount of people, especially even in our community, that have come to me afterwards and told me things that have happened to them, I'm like, like, guys, come and on. And they think they can like, just people go can report it and it's not easily oh reported. Oh, my God, the amount of people are like, why didn't you tell police? I'm like, I'm trying to go through the police thing. Do you know how traumatic it is? As lovely, it's a process. It's a process, but it's also like look at what's happening to Brittany Higgins, yes. right? Look at what's happening to her. She has been absolutely slammed in the media and if that doesn't That's speak disgusting. volumes if that doesn't speak volumes for how bad this issue is and i don't know what and the first people oh you're ruining his and character. slamming and that's the one you're ruining his oh, reputation i 100 percent believe and, and if they haven't taken accountability like if you have and you've done something that messed up and you're taking accountability in therapy 
good on you. Good on you. Glad. Thank, thank fuck that you're not going out there to rape more people. But Congratulations. You still, still ruin someone. And that's the thing. Like some men don't even realise that they've done it mm-hmm. to be like, to be frank. And they don't. And then they, it took them one thing to totally ruin someone's life. Yep. And that can be just one experience and they will never be the same again. Yep. There's a whole, like I'm going through a chronic pain specialist team and I've talked to pain psychologists and because yep. I've got endometriosis, yep. which is like really for people who don't, you need to look it up, but it's a, it's a severe issue of like tissue lining coming from the endometriosis and growing outside you, you, like your uterus oh. and it's everywhere. And I've got it's stage... It's a superhuman freaking tissue. That just, it's no, never just, just continues I've got, growing. Yeah, and I've got stage four, which means yeah. it's growing over all my internal organs. It's, it's It's everywhere, right? And so that's pain. But when you think about like when they were explaining to me that my pain probably feels a lot worse because I was raped and they were explaining that the pain associated with the rape because they're painful. Yeah, because you tr- you store you store in your body, and so then like when things happen, like I freak out getting exams. Like no one likes getting an internal exam, right? <sighs> but like I like sobbing, like can't do any kind of internal exams without totally like freaking out. And it's taken me however many years of seeing my gyno to kind of relax a little bit yep. and know that he's a safe human kind yep. of thing, and he's great. But it's like. That's the impact it can have on people. Like that's totally changed my biology. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely changed my life. Now, well, Courtney, with your reproductive views, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you've you've got you've also mentioned you have endo, mm-hmm. um, and you I've also know that you had um, an early termination. Yeah. So if you can. Um, Give us about your views on that. Yeah. So I was 18 turning 19 and it was like my first relationship. And look, to be fair, it was the right choice. But at the time I was very pressured into having a termination by him. And he said, you know, if you don't have this termination, I'm not going to be with you. And, you know, when you're young and in that relationship and you think you're with the one, you're like, oh, my God, I can't do it. And so it was kind of – it was very much pressured onto me. But, like, I had a conversation with my mum and it's something that stuck with me and I'm all – I'm always been pro-choice. I'm always pro-choice. It's your Same. body. It's your right. Pro-choice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how you can be anything but – but, you know, here we are. Each to their own. Each – I'm going to drink Basically. my tea <laughs> <laughs> uh, My mum said to me one time, you know, sometimes the best decision as a parent is to not be a parent. Yep. And that can go for lots of different reasons. And It's I, the most sensible thing. You know? And I was 18. And when I think about it, I'd have a 12-year-old. Like I'd have a 12-year-old kid and I couldn't imagine what my – and especially going through what I've been through with endo – I don't think I would cope. And that's all the reason why I haven't had kids yet yep. either is because of chronic pain. Like, you know, I feel that it's a very individual – and for people that throw out, they'll just put it up for adoption. If you look at the system and you would know that firsthand, you know, it's – the foster system and adoption is so overrun with it's, kids that it's don't – oversaturated. Oversaturated. And then, then kids just get older. And yeah. then when they get older, it's like that's all they know is the foster system. Yeah. And so – People should have choice. And even – look, you should never – you don't need to – with anybody, mm. you don't need to justify what if – What I've done to my body. Yeah, everyone has certain – ways of living and everyone has their own way of looking at things and circumstantials like everything is circumstance you can't just cookie cutter with this and and for a group of men you know um, you know with america a group of men to decide that for people with the um with the pro-choice and now they've you know taken that away from people we're lucky to be in canberra now because we are actually um now they pay for it yes they do oh my gosh i wish that was bad because it was like yeah it was like Five six hundred dollars, and I can remember going to the clinic. And this was this was before the rules were enforced about where you could protest, because there was a little Bible bashers sitting out the front of there, being like, "Save your baby." And like I had been there with friends to help them through terminations and whatever, but it's just I don't understand how you could want to put someone through that because when you look at pregnancy as well and it's of course most of the time it's men you don't actually know what it's doing to your body like it's full on and they talk and those people that are protesting and 
they think, oh, I'm out there trying to save, save her life. life. But yet you're like screaming, shouting at a life in front of you. Yeah, 100%. And then it stops. They stop caring about it once it's What born. about if you care about life so much? What about that life in front of you that is currently struggling yeah. and they're making the mature decision to go, no, I actually can't have that because mm. I can't. And maybe physically you can, mm. um, but physicality has nothing to do with that. It's also to do with the mental. The mental tax. And I talk word. to mums. I talk to parents. Yeah. And look, I don't necessarily believe that women need to be tied in with a child. If you no. don't want to have a child, you don't, you don't need to. I'm totally pro like a lot of people I know these days are not having children. Yep. And that can be an environmental choice. It'd be a life choice. They're like, why would I want to spend all that money? And if you want to have a child, amazing, beautiful. Good for bring, you. Good for you. Bring mm. a child into this life. And but it has to be under the circumstances that you want to bring a life yep. in, not because you're being forced to bring a life oh, in. Or people say, oh, I just want to bring a mini me. I'm like, a mini, mini me, I find that very uh, narcissistic it's, tendencies. Yeah, it's it's very like, like me, me, me. I want to bring another me. But it's like your child is not you. you. Your child should be someone who they 100%. are. You're not going to dictate how they're going to be, what they look or no. maybe genetics. But yeah. like you're not going to dictate anything of their life, but unless you want to mm. and when it can be so controlling and mm. really you're just bringing someone for your own needs and your own selfishness yeah. to be like, look at my child that I created made and, and created. Can control and, and can control. And yeah, and yeah. I, just, I just don't get it. Like I've never understood it. I've been like pro-choice. And I remember opening up about having an abortion and I had people inboxing me that I thought were like people that I know a lot of my oh, life. Oh, it shows going, you their true colours of uh, people. And they're like, you're a murderer. Oh. You're, you murdered that baby. I was like. You're disgusting. You're, get out of my inbox. You, you have a penis and you don't get a say. And like I don't feel like I'm pretty strong in the fact that like Go men. Go drink water. Yeah, Go stay hydrated yeah, than worrying I, about my problems. Yeah, I feel like men can have an opinion. They can have an opinion if it's their child. And but that's what I mean. You don't know, like no. get out of my DMs. You don't know no, me. You don't know my oh, life. How, could you, how, how dare you even do that? But I get people do that. I mean. Oh, 100% all whatever. the time. And I just don't get it really to be honest so yeah i feel really it comes from uh, there's a lot of notion it, it comes from cultural and uh, yes. religious religious 100 and that's but like you know i'm not going to sugarcoat it but that's just how it is people yeah, have that um stigma from that mm. and it is being pushed from a thousand years ago 1500 years ago over 2000 years ago when all these you know certain religions have come to light it doesn't mm. mean it's a reflection of what we what society is now mm. you know a goddamn you know you're not going to go now and get a typewriter mm. in an office and start typewriting it'll be just very inefficient <laughs> no and we need to change so with the you time. need to evolve yeah. and it, you know you can't just look at you can be inspired by the past oh, 100%. and then take things that could be you know you can implement in now but yeah. if, even iphones for god's sakes yeah. like you need to update that things. You can't be using phones from even 10 years ago. <laughs> I will get my Motorola Razor phone out. I tell like, you now. But, um, yeah, like instructions like, back then, even from like 10 years ago, not yeah. going to be applicable to now. So and like, like the world is changing and I feel like we need to adapt just as humans and just be more accepting. Yeah. Just because, you know, when you look at it, however, it wasn't even that long ago that, you know, people of colour were not allowed to vote. Even in Australia, like Indigenous people were not allowed to vote in like, I think it was the 70s. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it was the 70s. And that's not that long ago. That is not that long ago. So when you look as a whole, the world is changing. People are changing. People are being able to use their voice to be themselves. And we need to kind of just be kind like i just feel and if like your god is telling you to do that like oh, for god's, god's sake yeah. like please like but maybe have a think about like okay if that's what your god wants yeah. maybe like that's what you want sure don't if like don't bring your project your own no. reasonings or your own and beliefs religion, on other people i just oh, religion is i'm not a religious person at mm. all um i kind of was when i was younger because my nana was but i find it really hard and really full on when people like shove their religion in your face. And I'm sure a lot of people do. Yeah. Because like. And especially when you leave it. So I was a Muslim. Yeah. And I'm an ex-Muslim. Yeah. Oh, the, shut up. I'm sure they're like. <laughs> they just don't like that I've just left a religion. And it's like. And, and I talk about it. But I'm like. That's my experience. That is your It doesn't experience. take away from you. No. You can stay in that religion. Nobody's going to take that no. away from you. And why me. Like me. As a human being. This little girl. Out there. This yeah. woman. Just saying her experience. Is yeah. going to feel like you're threatened by that. But that's the thing. If you feel threatened by one person. Then your connection to your faith is pretty fragile. Right? Yeah. Like, so I yep. just feel that, you know, you can sit in your box and your world and do what you do. And it, it, like, 
go and if you want to be religious, be religious. That is totally fine. I find from learning about life still I'm on the like very on the cusp of learning about other religions, but like there is a lot of beauty in what the deep roots of some religions mean. Like, you know, it's about community. But it's common sense in my view. I'm oh, like, 100%. it's absolute common sense of humans that we need. And I get it. it some things, it helps some. And, oh, 100%. And if, if that's if, fine, if, works for you, it's not going to work for everyone. No. And I don't. And that is okay. It's yeah. okay. Like, if you believe in that, no one's going to take that away from you. No. But don't then, just because someone's not going to be like, you're going to hell, you're a sinner. Oh, you're yeah. gonna Like, I'm I like, get it. But like, no one, that's your view. Yeah, but if that's what you're wanting to project to the world, and that's the mark you want to leave on the world, you're you should not. really have a think about what your then your your teachings are, exactly. and maybe looking within yourself. But that's nine times out of ten, that's not even what their religion is preaching. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, you gotta. I agree. Just yeah, think about the world. Like everyone's made up from different backgrounds, different things, and you just got to be respectful and. Just do you. Do you. Like, I saw this thing. It's like religion is like a penis. We know all know it exists. Doesn't mean you have to show everybody. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to shove it in to <laughs> everyone Shove it in one's too. face. No one wants no to see it. No one needs to see it. Consent no is key. Consent is key. Oh, like, if I want to be religious. Yeah. If I want to be religious, I know where I can go. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And I think... Um, You've done amazing. Thanks. You've done incredible. I'm trying. <laughs> I feel like I need to do more, but I'm... I think we all are. We're yeah. all on that journey. Everyone's hard on themselves. Yes, you did. C- give me your hand. Oh, sorry. You've done amazing. Oh, thank you. You've done absolutely freaking amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, You... I just can't even, I'm lost for words of how much, like what you've gone through and how yes. far you've come. So I'm so grateful for you to come onto this podcast on Mind Maze and share your experiences. And also I got to also share a bit about myself yeah, with you. Yeah, thank you for sharing and feeling safe to share. That's Absolutely. really proud of you. Oh, I love seeing you. what you do. Like I'm every time something I'm like, Maze is badass. I fucking love Maze. <laughs> I love <it>. Thank <laughs> you. I really appreciate that. And that's, um, thank you. And um, I think we're all doing our best. Yes, everyone's and, trying. Yes. Everyone just needs to be a bit kinder to each other and realise everyone's journey is different. I agree. And um, so thank you so much for coming in. Anytime. For all of our listeners, please, um, for all of the resources we've given you, please go and reach out to those people. I think it's really Mm -hmm. important to reach out for help if needed. Mm. And I can't wait to share more stories with everyone. I can't wait to listen. And invite more guests on and tune in for our next episode. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thanks for having me, I appreciate you. And thanks so much for everyone for listening. Au revoir. (laughs) Au revoir.